Welcome to the Best Self Podcast. Today we've got Mark Drager in the house with us, brand strategist, host of an incredible podcast. And what I love about you, buddy, is that your it feels like your juice is just bringing out the radically authentic in others. That's what you do. You wake up and touch the floor and you do that every morning. I, I really appreciate you being here. Brad Dalton, thank you very much. <laughs> Yes. I'm going to match your energy here. Here we go. All right, let's bring it. I feel like I've got fire coming out of my ass already just talking to you. A hey, fiery I, ass. I don't know if that's what I'm bragging <laughs> about here. If, if For those that are watching right now, uh, in, in the behind him, it says, think bold, be bold, say yes. And that is you. It, st- you know, it started really young for you. you. You were 23 years old when you decided to just kind of drop everything. Uh, the same week you were having a kiddo. You start building what it is now that you have. It's so incredible. And uh, you're constantly evolving. I was looking at your website, Big Dog, and I want to make sure I get this right. When you ask the right questions, you find the truth. I found that just so good because I generally talk about how the world's run by great questions. And what I found, though, is that not everyone always wants the truth. They say they want the truth. <laughs> no, no, no. The truth is like one of the most painful things you can face. Right. Reality is one of the most painful things you can face because, because while we want it to be hopeful and uplifting, it often actually just highlights uh, the areas we're falling short, doesn't it? Right. Right. So how do you approach that person that says they want to find the truth, but they really don't want the truth? You know, you, you're a brand strategist. You're, people are trying to find their ideal client and their strategy and all that stuff. And you, you come across that person that says they want one thing, but that's really not their thing. How do you help someone find their truth? Here's how I answer your question. The, the question you asked is, um, the question you asked is like what, what to do, but let me explain what not to do. Mm. Often I would sit down with a company. Like I, I had this, I had this project once with, uh, with like NBA players and stuff. Um, but we, we sit down with the company around the table and, and I often go like, okay, so who are we speaking to? And they go like, everyone. And you're like, well, we know we're not speaking to everyone. Right. Who are you really speaking to? Well, uh, people in their 50s. Oh, okay. Uh, that doesn't really specify things. Right. You know, often when you're advertising or marketing, people want to target women because they make purchasing decisions, right? Like mm-hmm. in the home, women tend right. to make the purchasing decisions. Right. So someone will go like mothers. And I would go, Great. But let's just look at mothers as an example. Uh, a mother could be in her 20s, her 30s, or her 40s. She right. could be single. She could be partnered. It could be her first child. It could be her fourth child. She could be uh, stepping away from work to have a mother. She could be a stay-at-home mom. Uh, she could have wealth or not have wealth. She could have a nanny or help or not have a nanny or help. Uh, she could be a confident mother or a non-confident mother. She could have, feel a bond to her child or not feel a bond to her child. She, like, right. We could break down 40 different versions of motherhood. Never mind ethnicity, never mind the family of origin you grew up in. So what not to do is what we did for many years for a lot of our clients, which is like, uh, we're kind of talking to everyone, kind of making something that makes uh, our clients happy, but doesn't really work in the market because it doesn't say anything, doesn't help you stand out, doesn't, doesn't pull on any heartstrings or make any connections. And so... What, what you need to do and what we need to do more than anything else is just ask those really specific questions. What do you want? What do you want? Right. 
And once you know what you want and you say, oh, we want to make more money, that's not, that's not specific. Oh, we want to raise revenue. That's not specific. Oh, we need to double our sales. That's still not specific. Mm-hmm. Like you need to get really specific because if you can get specific with what you want, then you can know who you're speaking to. Then you can know who your competition is. Then you know which platform you need to be on. Then you right. can determine how you need to show up, what you need to say, how you need to look, right? It all, so much of identity and self-help and mindset is like trying to figure out what you want and who you need to be to get it. Advertising and branding and marketing and sales and everything is just what do you want and who do you need to be to get it? Right. Well, absolutely. I'm 100% on board with that. Those aren't always easy. You know, you yeah, ask, nothing, nothing worth doing is easy though, right? <laughs> amen to that. Amen to that. Let's have some potholes in that bad boy. So, you know, you ask a lot of people, who, who are you? It's amazing how many people have a hard time describing who they are, or they say they know what they want, but they really don't know what they want. How do you help someone become aware of who they are? Is there, you talk about systems earlier, is there a system yeah. or there's, is there, are there questions that help reveal who they are, who they are destined to be, who their legacy could be? Do you have questions? Do you have ways to dig that out? Yeah. And, and that actually in itself is a great question. Uh, so if you're struggling with trying to figure out what makes you special, what makes you different, how you can stand out, uh, I can walk you really quick through this three-step process. But step number one is understanding you. I always recommend people, <laughs> people want to get straight to the final draft, right? Like, like you, you wrote a book. Yeah. D- the book you put out, is, did, did you write? Like the book that's been published, is that the exact same thing that you wrote the first time? No. No, it went through editing and went through yeah. changes and other people helped. And there was like a lot of work, right? Yeah. It wasn't like, it wasn't like you just banged <laughs> out the perfect first draft, right? right? Right. And so when people sit down for these types of exercises, they almost like self-edit. It's almost like, am I writing the perfect words? Am I mm. saying like, no, we know through journaling, if you happen to journal or through conversations or however you try to get stuff out. But, but I always recommend that people just focus on these three things. Anytime you're approaching anything, you want to discover, discover as much as you can, but just, just put it all into a document. I'm working with someone, uh, an ex, uh, a pre a pro NFL football player, a speaker, um, a guy who runs an amazing business, uh, with coaching and we're helping him launch a new program. And so like my internal document that I'm taking him through this branding strategy of my, my internal notes is 110 pages. <laughs> and this is not what I'm going to give him. But, right. but the first step is discover, collect right. as much as you can. Right. And then you want to distill. You want to basically just highlight the things that actually matter for this specific project or point or whatever you're doing. And then you want to define, you want to rewrite it. You want to redefine it in, in the context of, of what really matters. So you got to focus on you. What is your past? What are your experiences? What are your skills? What are the pe- things people seem to like, as you're talking, they lean forward because they're interested or- right. They tell you, you know, you're really good at this. And the best way to figure some of these things out, we often overlook it, is um, I like to ask people, like, what's your favorite movie? And, you know, I did this once uh, in a room in, a, in like a workshop session. I said, what's your favorite movie? And, and, and one woman said, um, Gone with the Wind. And I was like, that's my wife's favorite movie. That's interesting. Why? Well, you know, Scar- Scarlett O'Hara is up against... And I don't know if people are young or not, but it's about like, you know, the Civil War and she's in Atlanta and Atlanta's burning and despite she's a strong woman, but 
but she is such a strong woman and she's so feisty that she never gives up, but it costs her love and all of this stuff. Okay. So, so obviously this woman I'm speaking to and my wife admire her strength and her conviction. So, so strength and conviction must mean something to you. Mm. You know, up on the wall for anyone's listening, I have posters and mm-hmm. like my favorite Disney movie is Tangled. The Rapunzel. Love movie. it. It's my yes. absolute favorite Disney movie. And when I was growing up, I watched Cinderella a lot and, and Gone with the Wind and all these things. But, but Tangled, because there's this moment where, where Rapunzel has to leave the tower for the first time and she touches grass. Mm. And then I don't know if you remember the scene where she's like, this is the greatest day ever. And then she's <laughs> yeah. like, I'm a terrible daughter. Yeah. I'm never going to go back. My mom is going to kill me. Yeah. Yeah. And she almost has to like choose to, to like defy her parents defy what what like the safety of the tower defy the world she grew up in mm. because she knew there was something more out there for her right. more connection uh, avoiding loneliness beauty of the of the of the candles candles going up and seeing the lights i right. love that so what does that say about what does that say about me you know that that i value when people push you know when they bet on themselves mm. when they push past the comfort of the life that they're in or the tower that they've built when they have to defy people in their lives to pursue what they know is true to them. So ask yourself, what movies do you like? What TV shows do you like? What characters do you like? Why? What kind of music do you listen to? Why? Like you just do that alone and you're going to start to see some really common threads in terms of what you value and who you respect and who you admire and who you want to be more like. And, and, and even that is just the foundation of creating a really kick-ass, cool, unique voice, brand. It's, it's not a hard exercise, but I, I mean, we have a ton of these exercises. But sure. when you ask yourself the right question, start to reveal better answers. Oh, that's so good. I love that curiosity is a catalyst for you. Love it. So good, man. What a rock star. So I also I did a little digging on you and I, and I, uh oh you have yeah I've got <laughs> lots of dirt on here I'll just pick a few of them now you have so many good things I mean you could watch ten different videos ten different podcasts and learn a hundred different things you talk about when someone's trying to figure out their brand one of the steps you talk about is well I'll just say uh, you know how you show up what you say and how you can make people feel when yeah. when you're talking about what you say. You got any tr- tricks or or not tricks, but tips? Uh, it is tricks. It is tips. <laughs> it is. It is <laughs> all the above. How do you do that? But do it better. You know, you you don't want to blend in. You want to have a unique identity. You know, you yourself should be a, just being the best version of you. Should be a competitive edge out there. How do we do it? But do it better than the perceived comp- competition. I say perceived because who we think it is isn't always who it is. But Yes, you've just hit yeah. that. So, um, okay, so, so how do we, so you, what you hit on was what we call a brand stack, right? It, it starts with where I need to show up, but mostly it's, it's how do I need to look? What do I need to say and how do I need to make people feel in order to influence them, right? So if you want to grow a following, if you want to, if you want to, generate more leads if you want to sell more what do i need to say how do i need to look and how do i need to make people feel in order to influence them to get them to move forward to my process and so often let's go back to 2012 2015 so many of the projects we worked on companies are busy shouting right they're like they're like they're standing on the corner and they're like 
hey, we're awesome. Here's our features. Here's our benefits. Right. And they're all like, since 1978, our company has been amazing. Right. Like no one cares. Right. Or um, we're a leading pharmaceutical company and like blah, 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 blah. We all do this too, because we look at our competition, who's not really our competition, right. but, but we look at people who are out there and we go, I got to be just as good as everyone else. And if you're just as good as everyone else, then, then there's no reason to pick you. Right. It's not compelling. It's not interesting. That's why we don't win. Right. So to answer your question though, how do we figure out how we need to look and what we need to say and how we need to make people feel? Well, it's, it's, it's about you, but it's not you. It's the person you need to be right. based off of whomever you're trying to connect with. Yep. And so if, we're, you know, if we go back to some old school selling techniques, you're familiar with mirroring and matching, right? Mm-hmm. The idea that, yep. that if the person sitting across from you is speaking slower, then maybe you slow down your speaking. Sure. When we kicked this off, I said, I'm going to match your energy, right? Like I just, I just naturally want to match your energy so sure. I don't come in like super hot and you're like, well, on today's podcast, <laughs> I'm talking to Mark. And I'm like, hey, everyone. So the, the truth is, if you are going to a wedding, let's say you're in the wedding party and, uh, you know, it's a few days before the wedding and you're going to a, a bachelor party, a bachelorette party. You're going to a stag do if you're European, that's what they call it. Um, so you're going out, you know, you're, you're with your friends. If this was a movie, if this was a Hollywood movie, you know, people would just imagine it, right? Like it'd be like people saying cheers and there's beer flying everywhere and people are doing, you know, blow off of hookers, belly buttons. <laughs> and like, that, that was the movie version, but, sure. but you and your friends are out. That's one version of you. The day of the wedding, you know, you're in your, you're in your suit, you're in your dress, you know, you're standing at the altar in front of a pastor and grandma's sitting in the front row. The same version of you as the stag is not showing up to the church that way. Right. Right. It's just not appropriate. It's not, it's not, but they're, but both of them are versions of you, right? You, you are true to your friends when you show up and it's still you when you show up at the church. This is what we need to do in branding. This is what we need to do in marketing. This is what we need to do in sales. So what you need to say, how you need to look, how you need to make people feel is actually not so much about you. It's more about your audience. Right. What do they want? What do they care about? What are their fears? What are their desires? What are their preconceived notions? What do they understand? Are they aware of the problem or do they not really understand? Are they aware of the solution or do they not really understand? Are you giving them a compelling reason to pick you over other people? Are you creating a sense of urgency so they move forward now? All of this stuff actually has less to do with you and more to do with the person you're trying to make a connection with. That's really good. Would you feel that perception is more important than say reality, like people's perception of you? Perception is reality. Perception is truth. It's one of our foundational principles, you know, like, um, and, and here's a great reason why, like we all have, I mean, I've been with my wife a long time, but the saying goes, we all have, everybody is somebody's ex, right? So even, you know, even though my team member who's, who's working with me right now might think that I'm understanding and forgiving and an amazing manager, an amazing boss, a great person to work with. I have people who quit and I have people who I fired over the years. Many, many, many people. They probably don't think the same. They don't feel the same way about my current team, let's say. Right. right? So they might think that I'm controlling or I'm greedy. So so is their perception of me true? Well, sure. I mean, it's the only thing that matters when you're marketing or advertising or sales or building an audience. That's awesome. We don't want to lie. 
Right. We don't want to fake it till we make it. It's not about showing up as a charlatan. It's not about creating and spinning these webs of things that, that, that are not true and trying to hold it all together. Some people think that's what it's about. Some people look at you know, Elizabeth Holmes, who, who you know, just went to prison because she built Theranos, uh, right. totally lying, you know, changing right. her voice, wearing all kinds of weird stuff, right? So right. people go like, I don't want to be that. But right. at the same time, we're not, we're not even doing any of the like right. slight tweaks we need to do to make sure that, that if I want to connect with, with an athlete yep. who is in college, I'm going to show up differently for that, for that man, for that woman at that age with what they need than if I was trying to connect with a 58-year-old semi-retired physician. Right. Or, or, you know, it's just different. Right. right. No, that all makes sense. That's good. So you've hired, you've fired, you've had people leave, you've brought on incredible people, you've, you've gone almost bankrupt multiple times. That's stressful. Yeah. <laughs> How, that's, that's not fun. You, you don't want to write that script. So a lot of times when people struggle and have adverse conditions, they get overwhelmed and then their, their calendar doesn't line up with their values. Do you have any tips for the peeps out there that are grinding, that are trying to shave fluff out of their life, that are maybe feeling some of those things right now on how they can line up their values with their calendar that are having a hard time with it? What a great question. Uh, okay, so there's two different approaches to business, and I'm not sure which one's right. There might be more, but, but here's what I've seen. Uh, first of all, everything is a season. You are in a season of life, and the seasons will come and the seasons will pass. And if you're not willing to adapt for the season you're in, you're not going to get the outcomes you want. What do I mean by that? Sometimes you have to put your business first. I wouldn't even say sometimes. There are times, if you're growing a business, if you want to be successful, if you want to get over the hump of being a solopreneur or um, being a consultant who's constantly exchanging hours for dollars, uh, or you want to build new wealth, or you want to build systems in a team, or you want to scale your business to a million or 10 million or whatever it is, your business better be like your number one priority. But it doesn't mean that your wife or your husband or your spouse uh, or your partner or your kids isn't also your number one priority. So there were times when I was growing my business, my business was my number one priority. My wife was number two. My kids were number three. I wouldn't say that out loud to them, but everybody knew, right? Everybody knew because if something important came up at the dinner table, I'd say, I'm so sorry, I got to go take this. So they all knew. Why, right. why are we hiding this? Right. But now that I'm a little bit deeper into this, 17 years into my business, uh, I've had a lot of struggles. COVID you know, wiped out 70% of our revenue. Before COVID, I had 24 full-time team. We're down to six. So like, here's the way I look at it now, though. If you want to hustle and invest to build something over the next few years, so that way, on the back end, you have this sustainable business that can run without you, right? You can have freedom of time. You could have passive, semi-passive income because it's operating really, really well without you. I'm not going to lie. That, that takes a ton of work. It takes a ton of focus. And it'll take you typically five to seven years. But, but that foundation, that, that foundation is the thing that you can then build so much more off of. You can build additional passive, passive income lines off of. You can leverage this, this asset that you have to go out and acquire other things. The proof of building the thing gives you credibility in other people's minds so you can do new joint ventures and you can do new things. So if that's what you want to build, which is what I built, I built myself a bit of a trap, but, but at the same time, I can build a second or a third or a fourth or a fifth company 
not easily, but I have the steps and I now have the assets to go out and, and lend borrow against them. And I have, I have access into rooms and networks that if I hadn't built it, no one would have let me into because I've proven that I can do it once or I can do it again. So it's like this weird hurdle or wall you have, a mountain you have to climb over. But once you've climbed it, you now have the ability to do more things. I could not have built that while putting my schedule first. I could not have built that while putting my kids first. I'm sorry. I, I don't. I hate to be. I hate to be rude, but that's the case. Right. But now that I've done it, like I've spent the last two years, I got rid of my offices. Our team is much smaller. We are much slower revenue. We're focused more on profitability, much smaller volume. And guess what? Now I I I wake my kids up every morning. I make them lunch. I take them to school. I pick them up half of the time. I drive them around dance. Like I only work about six hours a day. I go to the gym. I work out during the middle of the day. I do. I don't travel. I used to travel. 30,000 miles a year commuting. Don't do any of that stuff anymore. It's awesome. I can do that now. But if I was starting, I would not be successful. I have a friend who, st who ran, started a business with, uh, with two other people. And each one of them insisted that they had to earn $100,000 to meet their minimum kind of commitments, right? Like their mortgage and their schooling and healthcare and all this stuff. And I told them, like, I don't know how you're going to grow and scale this business if you think you need to draw out 300 grand from a business. Like, you're just, you're just pulling too much capital out. When I started my business, maybe I'm stupid, maybe I'm dumb, but like, there was a six month period where I didn't pay myself at all. Like, and it wasn't even like, it wasn't even like um, startup cost. Like, I hired a salesperson. I took out a $50,000 loan after the recession. I hired a salesperson through a headhunter and I didn't pay myself for six months while I paid him. Yeah. And then it took three years before I wasn't the lowest paid person in my company. I was making 45 grand a year for the first like four or five years, which is, I, I live in Toronto. Like it's like New York, right? There's no way that single income person can live sure. off of that much money. And yet I did it. And then suddenly it's like, Oh, I could pull out a hundred grand dividend. I could, I could just, I just, the next year paid down my mortgage completely, right? Like, just like suddenly I'm like, oh, I have this thing that I've built. Right. I don't think you can build that long lasting, sustainable, foundational business that will allow you to have so many more opportunities while being like, I'm going to put my, I'm going to have work life balance. I'm going to put, I don't think that's possible. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. I don't really believe in the traditional term of balance. I, I'm more, uh, prioritizing, you know, yes. I don't really, I don't really think there is such a thing as balance or if and so. That's, there's and no that's such the thing, as that's 50, the thing they say, right? Like, so, so show up for your family and during that time, they are the only priority and show up for your business during that time. It's the only priority. And, and I always say amongst my kids and even my wife, it's like fair, but not equal fair, but not equal. So many times my kids go, how come, you know, my older brother has this, or how come I have this? And it's like, First of all, you value different things. You want different things. It's not always going to be equal, but it's always going to be fair. Right. And so if you approach your, your, your schedule or your mindset and go like, okay, what do I need to do? I need to focus on my health because if I don't have my health, um, I'm going gonna, gonna to burn out. I'm not going to be sustainable. I need to focus on my health. I need right. to focus on the fact that this is an endurance <laughs> run, building right. a business. The same as sprint. So, so I got to think really long term and, and I got to... Sometimes I got to put money into my relationship banks and sometimes 
you know, I turn to my wife even, and I go, I'm so sorry. Uh, the next three months, I'm not going to be around very much. I, I, I just did this this morning. I'm like, Hey, first week in March, I'm in Saskatoon last week in March. I'm in Tampa. I don't think my wife was very happy to hear I'm going to be gone <laughs> for two weeks in March, but it's like, right. I'm sorry. I have to do this. It is what it is. Can you please tell us, you know, you have a free download. Could you talk about that a little bit uh, before we, before we kick loose? Yeah. Yeah. I, listen, we were talking beforehand. So um, I have this download that I, that I'm willing to offer up. It's called the, the badass brand playbook. I mean, essentially if, if your livelihood, if you're living, if your money comes because of your name, you know, if you're, if you're an employee for a big corporation or something, this may not help you. But, but if at the end of the day, you're a salesperson, you're a broker, you're an entrepreneur, you're a coach, you're a consultant, like if you make your money based on your name, you, you need to get really smart with building a brand that's really, really targeted. So that way you're not dancing on TikTok one day and then starting a podcast the next and all this random stuff. And so I've put together this playbook. It's not part of a funnel. So it's not like you're signing up for an email list. It's not even something that I really offer up very often because uh, it's a 60-page document I wrote for my team. It is our internal process on the process that people typically pay us thirty dollars to $50,000 to walk them through. If you head over to Instagram, head over to my Instagram, at Mark Drager, drop me a DM and just say, I heard you on this podcast. I want to hear, I will want the, the badass brand playbook. I will send it to you. It's a Google doc. Again, it's not, it's not part of my funnel. You're not going to get emails or any of that. Maybe I should set that up, but, <laughs> but I will share that with you. And again, it's a really dense internal document, but it'll, it'll really help uh, walk you through some of these things that I talked about today. What I love about that is, I mean, you've, you've done all the legwork. You've, you, you create this thing based off of your successes your failures, your everything in the in between, and you're presenting it to some, uh, that's that's pretty incredible. Yeah, we've I, I looked back like a year ago. I looked back and I was like, "Holy smokes!" And I figured this out. We have used this process to produce twelve million dollars of content for our clients. So this is something that we've we've developed over a ten year period. But but I I looked at the projects that were the most successful and the projects that were released, and I realized the most successful projects. Which, which again, it's $12 million, not of ad spend. That's, that's, that's money that people have paid us to create stuff for them in a strategic targeted way. We've used this process every time. That's amazing. So good. So many good nuggets, I'm sure. Hiding in that bad boy, that badass bad boy. Hey, you got 30 to 45 seconds, buddy. How can someone today listening in, how can they begin to create the best version of themselves today? Super, super simple. One, you have to want it. Two, you have to know that what you think, you know, you talked about think big, be bold, say yes. It's not because I'm, I think big, we need to think bigger. It's not actually because I'm that bold. I always need to be bolder. And I tend to say no to most things. We do that by nature to stay safe. So you got to think big, you got to be bold, you got to say yes. And, and then you just have to get really specific with what you want. Can't do everything. You can't do everything at the same time. So really the, the sad truth is you can do anything, but you have to pick the thing you're going to focus on. So what do you want? Focus on it and start taking action. Rockstar. Love it. Hey man, I, I really appreciate you. You are, a, you are a, a pretty big dog out there. You got a lot of big things on your schedule and I really appreciate you creating space for our cool cats in this podcast. Our cool cats and our big dogs, right? That's right, baby. <laughs> That's right. Oh, Brad, thanks for having me, man. You bet, man. Make it a great day.